Welcome back to CHGO Bears After Dark, presented by DraftKings. Make sure you use the code CHGO to sign up. We are back and better than ever on our After Dark during the season. Not a victory Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's a sad Monday, a, 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 a rainy Monday. The sun literally never came up today, which was apropos after that uh, letdown on the lakefront, as I've been calling it all day long, I've been tweeting through my feelings uh, all day long. Uh, you know, so that's what we're doing here. I'm your host, Greg Braggs Jr., as always. And alongside me is our fearless leader at CHGO and uh, resident of Meatball Island, where there's a lot of sadness going around on Meatball, uh, Jake Flanagan. So how how you doing tonight, Jake? What's up, Rags? I uh, I don't think I've smiled since around three twenty-five yesterday. So I'm ready to I'm ready to start smiling again and trying to look ahead. But we've got a lot that we still need to dig into, and and I definitely have buried my head in the sand here on Meatball Island a little bit after what happened to the Bears yesterday. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, Big Steve Edwards, former Bears offensive lineman, will be joining us here in just a few moments, but. Certainly wanted to get your thoughts, Jake, on the game yesterday because behind you, you, know, you got those sweet uh, signed jerseys by Fields and more. And I know the saying goes one plus two equals six, but I think one plus two would equal three in reality. And that'd be more pass attempts than that were actually thrown to DJ Moore yesterday. I mean, what are your overall thoughts? I know you were on the live watch along uh, for a little bit, right? Uh, you know, and that was a lot of fun to watch go down, but you know, getting your thoughts now that the dust has settled after that abysmal loss. Yeah, for me and and everyone has been reacting, you know, all day really. And you could do it in real time during the game yesterday. And it was really just, um, I think surprising, um, but not shocking, right? Because it feel, it felt familiar, as we said, losing to the Packers when your hope is high that you can beat them. Uh, the bears could beat them. It, it's not something that, um, we haven't experienced before. Now, nine straight losses in this rivalry, as we know. Is it a rivalry still? It doesn't feel like it, and I can't wait for the, the moment that it can be. It's just sad we have to go through an entire season now until the Bears can test themselves against the, the Packers again. But everyone's been saying it, right? It's If the offensive line can't protect Fields, he, we don't even know what he can be. And that's where, I, that's where I'm at with this, is, is Fields and more behind us. If those two aren't in sync – and he can get him the ball and has time to do that, then we're, we're in an, it's problematic. And if the defense can't stop the opposing quarterback, whether it's Jordan Love or anyone else, Baker Mayfield or Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson the next few weeks, it doesn't matter. If we can't stop them on third downs and they're scoring like they did on third and fourth down, then, then the Bears season and they play like this is toast. And I don't want to think like that. I want to think they're going to get back on track in week two and they're going to get it rolling and they're all going to look at themselves in the mirror and they're going to come together and they're going to find a way to get rolling. And, and I want to believe that the problem is my belief in that is not as high as it was It's waning <laughs> Sunday morning. Yep. And that sucks. And I hate that. And I know you feel the same way that the disappointment of, of what that, the magnitude of what that loss was for the amount that a win could have done for the hope of not only this season, but the next decade for Bears fans. We put a lot on it. We put way too much on it. But I think 
I think we had to, and it's, um, I'm still processing it. I've been up, yeah. up and down all fucking day. Like I'm like, I'm past it, move past it, but it's so hard to move past it when it was something that hurt that bad. And, and it, it came out that way. Yeah. I don't blame you for feeling that way. It, you know, the thing that scares me is the rhetoric. It feels eerily similar and it may not be exactly the same. Justin Fields isn't Mitch Trubisky. Matt Eberflus isn't Matt Nagy. But at the same time, the optics and the rhetoric are almost identical. You're talking about a third season for Justin Fields. In the 2019 season, this is the last time I felt the way I have as as let down as I feel right now as a Bears fan, was that home opener 2019 against the Green Bay Packers and all that hype for that team. All the hype for Mitch Trubisky to take the next step as a quarterback. And it all fell flat on its face on full display at our house in front of our fans. And it was an embarrassment. And it was the beginning of the end of any kind of hope we had for either one of those guys, Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky. Now fast forward to this, Justin Fields is in his third year. It's a home opener against the Packers and a complete ass whooping and Mm. a, a letdown and to try to compare the two, it's hard to say which one was worse because this one, obviously Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Jordan Love has no experience in this league, but he looked like the more experienced quarterback, the more comfortable quarterback. He and looked the, great. Yeah, he, he looked, looked great, and, and I hated it. Yep, and Matt LaFleur looked great <laughs> calling plays, and that's the thing. It's like That's what I mean about the rhetoric because the rhetoric is trying to rationalize why. Who's to blame? That's the headline of this show. Who's to blame? And yep. back in the Mitch Nagy days, we, we'd take turns. It was the offensive line. The receivers lead the league and drop passes. They, you know, the defense is giving up play, you know, all these different, the offensive play calling is, is there. There's no continuity, no chemistry, no rhythm. Matt Nagy's the problem. Mitch Trubisky can't read the defense. stubborn. And now we're right back to it. Mm-hmm. You know, time is a flat circle here in Chicago when talking about Chicago Bears offenses. And we're right back to this trying to talk about what the problem is. And I can't tell you. And the the scary part is when in 2019, when we were all trying to just put it on Mitch, he can't read a defense. He's the reason it's not working. Well, it turned out it was all the problem. Everybody was the problem. And so now I I'm only left to kind of resort to feeling like that's at least a possibility here. I'm with you, Jake. I want to continue to give this a chance. Let's see if they can weather the storm here this Sunday. But at the same time, everything's on the table and they all could be the problem, including Ryan Poles, who I've been really big on with the way he's restructured this team that it took. There was a lot of work that needed to be done. And I felt like he was getting us to that point, but now you just have to put everything on the table as much as your rooting interests are going to sway you and all the optimism and hope of potential. That's all we have right now is who can potentially be good because no one is showing that they actually are good on the field. So everything's on the table right now. It is. It is. Um, and I, I think where I'm at with this is, is I'll reflect back to last night. Um, you guys were, were kind of going with the post game show big day popped in. We both had our, our sweetness jerseys on and we were just reminiscing a little bit about being bears fans for our whole lives and, and looking back at the last 30 years. And, and, you know, we were just looking back right now at the last, what, five years, right. 
But like, if you look back at the last 30 years, you can count on one hand how many, you know, solid, good Bears teams that you could really say, wow, they had a great season. And that's sad. It's really yeah. sad. And, and I think, again, going back to what the loss kind of did to the psyche of, of Bears Nation, as, as all of us fans are, is it said to us, hey, that feeling you've had and that little bit of hope that you did have, like, goodbye kiss it goodbye it's gone and it's going to take a while to build back up because do you feel better after just one win in tampa no you feel a little better but do you feel great probably not do you feel better after kansas city i think most of us feel like that's that's a pretty uh tough test to try to go win an arrowhead no matter the circumstances and of course chris jones now back with the chiefs that's not good to see uh so like you know maybe you get lucky and, and you win in Tampa, you lose in Kansas City, and you win at home against the Broncos, so you're sitting at 2-2. Two and two. That's the best-case scenario now. And I think before we were saying, hey, the players could be 3-1. and one. Probably not going to be 4-0, but they could be 3-1. and one. But yep. it's, it's, it's so <laughs> – it's I've had such a range of emotions. Like, I, I keep feeling like I'm past it, but I, I don't know if I am. And um, really, this is the part that when you boil, when you boil it all down, Everyone, the quarterback's always going to take, they're going to be under the microscope. They're always going to be the one that everyone cares about the most and gives the most blame to. And maybe when they win, they give the, the too much credit to. I don't know. But the play calling sucked. We know that. Yep. But the ability to adjust quicker in the first quarter into the second quarter and say, hey, let's quit with this shit and we need to adjust. Like, hey, yep. they at least brought Roshan out in the third quarter. And and then we've had a little bit of better blocking from the backfield, right. and, and we had some some more of a spark. But the fact that we had to wait that long for that, or to get a little more creative, or to help with the tight ends helping with blocking a little bit more, to give Fields a fucking opportunity, like, I mean, what what was yeah. that? Why yeah, did it have to, to take so long? To your point about the adjustments, I was talking to my friend Junior last night, and I shouldn't have been because I was supposed to be saving my voice, but I couldn't oh. help it because I had to vent. And he made a great point about the the adjustments. He said. You know, the screens weren't working and at right. no point did he adjust the game plan. Okay. That they, Justin Fields said after the game that that right. was their game plan going right. in and, and okay. And it's 10 to six at halftime. And maybe you can rationalize at that point. Okay. We're going to stick to what we practice. This is what our plan was. And we're going to stick to what we're doing. Right. And had they won, they would have said after the game, Hey, we stuck to it. We didn't panic. Yeah. But when you go down to score and it's like 19 to six, it's time to abort mission. Right. And it's time to change some things up because obviously it isn't working. And my guys draft Dr. Phil and, and Shane Marsaw, they were on the Tape Never Lies Net- Network last night. And they the, the thing that stood out to me the most that I missed mm-hmm. was the final drive of the game with a minute to go because I was getting set up for the post game and I missed this. The smoke screen they threw to Darnell Mooney at the very end. Did you see this, Jake? Yeah. They threw another screen that got Darnell Mooney laid yeah. out. Yeah. Luke Getze calls another screen after yeah. 15 screens don't work and gets yeah. one of your leaders laid out and he's hobbling off the field. Saw That's that. disrespectful. And I agree with Shane. He said he that Luke Getze should be ashamed of himself for that play call. But we have our um our guy. Big Steve Edwards joining us here. He joined us over the summer, uh, former offensive lineman of the Chicago Bears. So who better to bring on here? Because we got a ton of questions for you, Big Steve. There's a lot of panic going on in Bears Nation right now. And 
Uh, none of us are feeling good, and, and we're just trying to figure out the answers to what went wrong. How you doing tonight, Steve? I'm doing pretty good. You guys hear me good? Oh, yeah, yeah, we hear you great. Thanks Loud and coming. clear, looking great, looking a lot better than the Bears team we saw yesterday. Oh man, what, what can what can we say about that performance? Um, Were you we at the game? A lot, but nothing really too positive about that. Um, uh, where do you begin? I hear you guys talking about the 15 screens. I didn't realize there was that many. I knew it was a lot, but I didn't realize it was 15 of those. Bad well, things. I just kind of threw it. felt like that. Okay. I don't know if it was well, 15. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked that it was 15. I mean, it was – I'm like, man, it, it, it was let, – let's start here, man. It was just the erratic play calling, which, which would really remind you of Maggie. You know what I mean? It was a, a, a frightening flashback to those naggy days. And the first thing I saw was that that motion with uh, Cole commit uh, for the, the QB sneak. Um, <laughs> and the you know, one thing about a QB sneak, you, you, you know, you got to think about, you got to get your feet planted if you're the quarterback and, and get that forward, forward minute. It's not as easy as you think. You know, people just think push the pile. They obviously the offensive lineman got to get a great push. Um, but also that quarterback or whoever's taking the snap in that case, Cole commit coming into motion to grab the snap. Uh, you gotta have your feet going, you know, you gotta keep, you gotta get a great push. They gotta drive their feet, you know? And, um, you just, that was just like, I don't understand. Like you can, I mean, Jordan love had a QB sneak and he, I don't know how much he weighs and he got it. So why couldn't we just go to Justin Fields? Why do we have to get tricky and bring somebody in motion? Um, and I think he bobbled a snap. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what you're going to get when you bring a guy in motion. I don't care how many times you rep that. You know, it's just it's not a really consistent play to be running like that. The QB, well, who are you fooling, you know? Um, Yourself. Then you got the center probably second-guessing, like, okay, I got to wait for this guy. I got to wait for this guy to get here and feel him put his hand mm -hmm. under my butt. So you're messing up the rhythm. Then they come back to the real QB sneak, and everybody in the world knew what was happening. And we're in our own territory. We just got to be smarter in that situation. We're talking about momentum to start the, the, the game. I, I mean, it, it, that really just plummeted the game. I, obviously, I think these things are all – I don't know if that if them putting, putting in that situation would have changed the game, but could it could have. But I just think the game plan they had, you know, we didn't stick to the run game, the screens, the horizontal screens. Um they never, I mean, I know a lot of people like, hey, it's Justin Fields, the answer, but I don't think we gave him much of an opportunity. We didn't let him drop back. We didn't We didn't try to let him uh, push the ball up the field. And, and when things break down, do what he does best is get out of that pocket and run. He's not getting that thing. It looks the, the, it looks so robotic. You know, you look at guys like Donovan McNabb, I'm not trying to compare him to any of these guys, but, you know, guys who can run out of the pocket, He's not getting that opportunity. Everything has to be designed. And, and even when he does get a, drop, a chance to drop back, you, you see that he can get up out of there and scramble just on a none called run play for him, you know. And I, I did see some times where he had some good passes. And, like, you got to let him get in the rhythm. So it, it was just really erratic. Um, it was terrible play call. And then you look at the defense. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, I, I don't want to get on this cover two, but I'm starting to think this cover two is kind of a dinosaur defense. You know, like, you know, you know, you bring that back, 
Um, there's holes all in the middle of the field. We're not getting any pass rush whatsoever. I mean, it was stalemate city, locked up at the line of scrimmage. Um, Steve, I heard this. I heard this. I heard them say, hey, in that off and that defense, you need to be able to have your front four get pressure, right? I've heard this, right? So, okay, so if they're not, then you need to bring a fifth person to get some pressure, right? But, like, even if they did that, like, the secondary was – was not looking great and that they had that extra man in coverage. So I feel like it's a lose, lose, whatever you do there, but you got to try something. Well, and that's the thing that I don't understand, Steve. The one thing the light bulb went off, of course, I couldn't think of it during the post game show, but on my way home, you know, venting to my friend junior, I go, I watched at training camp, Jalen Johnson, Tyreek Stevenson, Kyler Gordon, Locked down in one-on-one drills. So that means they can play man-to-man coverage. You know, I'm not, yeah, I'm no football expert, but at the same time, they showed me the ability to stick on a guy in in man-to-man coverage. But instead on third and long, more times than not, they gave up like 11 of 16. At one point it was seven of 11 on third down. Like you said, they're going in cover two, dropping seven, and they're in zone coverage where guys are left wide open. Why can't we, if they show they're good in one-on-ones to stick with guys, give them the opportunity to play man-to-man with some people? Yeah, I mean, we got – those are the kind of cover uh, corners we got. That can stick man-to-man, you know what I mean? Uh, why why not mix up our coverages, you know what I mean? Like, do a mixture of cover to uh, disguise some things better. Um it, and, and we just we got exploited. We really did, man. Where's those linebackers that are supposed to take up the middle of the field and the ranginess of um where's your boy, um, the middle linebacker, uh Edmonds. Uh, yeah. You know, where where's that ranginess? I didn't see any of that. I didn't see those five fast linebackers. It's just overall just a very poor performance. And now I mean, I don't blame Bears fans because I'm one of them who was very disappointed and they started questioning everything started questioning uh, the coaching staff. Is Eberflus the guy? And I know it's game one, but we're seeing no improvement. You know, we got shellacked at home. It wasn't a a four-point loss, not a 10-point loss. We got destroyed, you know what I mean, in an opening game, you know, and this is coming off a team that had the number one pick in the draft. So, you know, all these offseason moves, I just like, is Eberflus – the guy, you know what I mean? He's looking, he looked flustered on the, on the sideline. He looked, he had no answer, you know, and I, you know, and entertained a lot of people at work today talking about, we're always got a nice guy coach. I'm like, you got a point. And I don't usually feed into all that, but like, you got a point. Like well, he's a nice guy. And I, I, I don't know, you know, and I, I'm going to put this out here, you know, just this is just a nugget going forward, you know. If this thing turns bad, you know, I want to just put this out here. Pace, not pace, but polls. He did he really choose this guy? Because before he was even hired, they started that process of the uh, of the uh, coaching search. Right. And you remember he got handed handed like here, look. But hey, you get you get to choose, or you can go outside, which. He chose what they had given him, you know, and I don't know if that was his guy. Like, you know, I don't know, man. So it's all these things that could come up and I think will come up if we don't win. Obviously, winning cures everything, but um, 
They yeah, can't but, look any worse, I don't think. That's if, they, if there's any glowing light of this, they can't look any worse. And they think. know everything they need to work on because it was all on full display. I mean, for the record, when it came to the coaches, I was a big propo- proponent of bringing in Greg Roman. I don't know if he would have ended up being a great head coach or not, but I was looking specifically at the development of Justin Fields, and I saw an offensive coordinator there that had once Joe Flacco and then transitioned to Lamar Jackson and understood how to change an offense to cater to the strengths of your quarterback. And we just can't seem to find an offensive play caller, whether it's Matt Nagy or Luke Getze, that quite understands that. Uh, I'm going to ask this one question, and then I'll let Jake – uh, throw it to you, but you, you know, you being on the offensive line and seeing the breakdowns that they had there, Braxton Jones had a really tough day at the office, couple penalties getting beat Darnell, Wright, They, they, it seems like they left him on an Island quite a bit interior offensive line felt like a disaster. Nate Davis hasn't practiced this whole off season. So just <laughs> all the way across the board, no, it's, you know, take your time with it. You can go as long as you want when it comes to this uh, offensive line, but you being a former offensive lineman for this team, what stood out to you and what needs to be changed? And would you make any changes as far as personnel on that line? Well, you know, as far as changes, I think you just got to stick with it. I mean, you're looking for consistency, you know, and they haven't had that in the off season with this group early on, you know, um, you know, you have some consistency. It looked great. Oh, we got old line that's been practicing together. Then all of a sudden that started going downhill really quickly. Um, I think you can only do nothing but stay with it um, and, and try to go through those growing pains. But, you know, going down the line, you know, Braxton Jones was somebody I was worried about. You know, obviously he did some work with Olin said, which I thought was the smartest thing he could have did. But one thing I know, he had problems against the bull rush, you know what I mean? And he worked with Olin, got in there. I know he was deadlifting, and Olin was teaching him hand striking, which I'm, you know, me and Olin come from that same world of punch punches. Um, but also, I was worried is if he is he's going to be a guy who sits down on bull rushes now and like gives up the speed to the outside. You know, now that he's like I'm just preparing. You know, so I don't know if that's something he's in limbo with. But I, I, I'm not I'm not 100% sold that he's that guy, you know, that you, you know, hey, we got this fifth round gym that can maybe be the anchor and left tackle. I'm not sold on that. Um, you look at uh, White here now, it's been the center, you know, now granted he played, um, you know, guard last year for it, but he was the center all preseason. Now Lucas practices. And, and so you, yeah. you like that interchangeable things, but you want your group going in. You see how they had to do so much. Jenkins goes down. He can't stay healthy. Actually looked good in the preseason game. And then he goes down. Um, uh, Nate Davis, well, you know, I don't know what's going on in his personal life. Like, you know, what is going on with him? Like, what is going on? You know what I mean? Like, you want to know is like what is this personal? I know you know people got their privacy, but it's he's had a couple of these stints of this personal life stuff, right? So you know you my know, stance like, on this. Go ahead. Like you know my stance on this is okay. So figure that out and then come back to us when you can commit to us, right? Like like and that's okay. But like and I, I get it. Like they believe like he's the best option there, right guard. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to try to make this work, but like. If you need a couple weeks or whatever to figure it out, figure it out. But like, yeah. 
Like I, I everybody don't has some like a lot of personal. You don't you don't want to like that's a very sensitive thing. Yep. Yep. Right. We we not, can't we can't speculate on what no, it is. And speculate. we're not going we're not gonna try. Yeah. But at the end of the day, since we don't know what's going on, all we have to go off of is what we know. And what we know is he hasn't practiced yeah. and then he played the whole game on Sunday. So yeah. he didn't play yeah. well. And we have to be critical towards that. It, you, yeah. you can't get a a pass because we 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 all acknowledge he's got something going on, and we yeah. feel for him, whatever that is. But he still has to be criticized for his play. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you got personal stuff going on in your life. You try to handle that, and like just any job, you try to handle your personal life, and you try to get back out there. You know what I mean? So I don't know what the holdup is. Uh, obviously, they're not going to make that. You know information for us but on the outside we're looking like why is this night so and and that is i mean his missing time and whatever's going on through his head is just like showing up glaring he was a, he was just letting he was a turncoat and this is a guy you brought in for some good decent amount of money um and then i i think uh right is just gonna go through his stuff you know sure. I, I think putting him on the island is you know you got to give him some help he's still a rookie i don't care first tip top 10 pick whatever you got to give him some help you can't leave him so that that goes to the offensive coordinator being smart um protecting them with the run you know like it, it's just you know it, they didn't they didn't use bad. mercedes lewis anybody. they didn't bring mercedes lewis they bring this blocking yeah. tight end in, and how many yeah. snaps did he get yeah match protection like where where's the crazy like you bring all this these great personnel moves i thought was great and then they you know they're not utilizing any of them so um they they understand they're under the gun and our, our, the bears fans are just not they're not going to take it man we're not going to take it because we're like when we see a glimmer of hurt, hope and we're head trending in the right direction uh when it's time to put it on the field and we get that um and i think we're all hypersensitive because we're playing an aaron Rodgers team you know and now you now you're just scared because is this going to be the third quarterback to come in and, and become the guy like yeah. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And that's not what we wanted to see. What we wanted to see Justin Fields light up the field and us bury love, love and be like, okay, we we got – but that's not what we're seeing. We see Love had easy throws, and it just looked so easy for him. And they, they, they did the opposite, you know, of what we needed to do. They did – they protected him. They gave him a run game. They used screens smartly, not – every you know to throw you off not to be part of your 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 game plan every series you throw a screen they did it like hey let's throw this screen in now after we ran the ball so many times and thrown the ball let's now let's get them off guard not part of your your template of what you're doing so it's it's i mean i'll tell you i was frustrated dude it was i was walking getting up walking to the kitchen walking back I was wondering turning to other games because it was just like I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I was wondering if you were at the game or not because I know there was a lot of alumni there, and it sounds like Bernard Barian and some of the other guys Mm -hmm. after the game were none too pleased that they flew in for that that letdown. It was a lot of guys in town for this man. Big Aaron Gibson was in town. Like there was a lot of guys in town for that. I I wasn't able to make it out, but there was a lot of guys that came in, and you know. and I'm sure that's not what they wanted to see. So, um, where do we start? We, I mean, it's going to be another, um, another. We have to wait another week and see what they're going to do. But it's 
it, it's like I think you keep the line intact and you just got to have a better game plan, running the ball, cut these dang screens out, and, and let's let Justin Field open it up a little bit more because we didn't tack anything down the field vertically and let him make his mistakes. We got to find out what he can do, right? Yeah. So, you know, we it's, we, we will find out. I'm going to follow up on Braggs' question just because we don't, we're not the experts at all when it comes to anything on the field. And, and you know, you are because you've been in these situations before. But just from our vantage point, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm sure you've been in these situations in your career where you're just getting it handed to you as an offensive line unit from a defensive line yeah. group that it was just lights out. But when you went to the sidelines, are you guys just silent, not talking to each other? Or are you guys communicating together when you're back out there? You, you have to kind of, you have to communicate as an offensive line and have that trust that was already been built in. Like yeah. that's when you are able to make adjustments and correct it and prevent that team from just continuing to, to make, you know, uh, you know, chaos in your, in your own backfield. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you got to make those, you know, get to the sidelines and communicate what's going on. And I mean, I mean, all in all, when you're getting your butt kicked, it has to become like, you got to man up, you know what I mean? You got to man up. And, it's, and then it's just a test of will. It's not even looking at chopping anything up. You know, uh, obviously we had Olin and he was a guy who, you know, would, would you know, bring it to you like hey man get your butt kicked out there we're getting we're getting our butts kicked we gotta you know elevate or what you know like are we going to continue to let these dudes just slap us around and not been in that position like and and unfortunately one of the games i can recall that we were in that position was against green bay at home um in 2005 you know and it was last game of the season we were just kind of beat up and ready to go and they they were bringing it and at some point we had to like this man up and it was a, you know it got bad but yeah i mean you make your adjustments but I, i'm also another thing I, i'm not this o-line coach i haven't seen any development i haven't seen any like 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 this group taking a step forward um and that's something that concerns me you know what i mean like what, I don't know not much about him. I know he came from Pittsburgh, but I, I'm not just seeing these steps that this this group, you know, is making. Um, obviously, early man. I, I'm trying not to be yep. so emotional, but it, it's very hard not to. Uh, <laughs> I'll, and I'll cover the D line development. Like somebody just said it. Like the D line coaching development. Like that is like forget the O line. <laughs> Let's talk about this D. Let's flip over there. That D line is no, there's nothing happening. There's nothing happening over there. They just like they like they get into offensive alignment and it's done. You're not seeing a second or third move. You're not seeing any high motors. Um, guys' pad levels are really high. I mean, overall coaching, you have to look at this coaching staff and like what kind of coaching staff do we have? Yeah, I agree. I I think everything's on the table, but. Uh, when you see a team as unprepared as they were and how they let go of the rope in the second half and, you know, some of the play calling, you know, whether it be defensively on third down or offensively throughout the entire game, the the coaching, I think, is certainly the spotlight. And I think some fans are hesitant to just go all in on that because we've been down this road before with yeah. previous players 
blaming the coaches, and then it ends up being the players too. My biggest fear is it could be an everybody problem and not just, you know, one thing. You know, sometimes fans and analysts try to just define the one thing. This is the problem, but it could just be that it's all a problem, and and that's what scares me the most. You know, like like you were saying earlier when it comes to – Justin doing, getting Justin Fields on the move, doing what he does best, getting him out of the pocket. You know, you're friends with uh, Phil Atoshan, draft Dr. Phil, as well as yeah. I am. Uh, he made a good point last night. You know, when they ran the, the, the I formation rollout and he gets sacked dead to rights, he couldn't yeah. even roll out before he was sacked. You can't run uh, an I formation rollout if you haven't ran it in the I formation to begin with. And that was a big problem with Matt Nagy was you you, you got to set that play up. You don't just call it. You got to set it. That, that defender too was unblocked. unblocked. He rolled out into an unblocked defense. Right. And that's because if you don't run it in the right. I formation and use your fullback and get out of shotgun, they're going to sniff this stuff out a lot faster. I mean, yeah. at what point, does this head this offensive play caller start using Kari Blazin game the way he should be intended? <laughs> I, I will tell you, I, I'm coaching. I got my debut. Well, I would say it's like it's a long time coming, but I have my um, head coaching debut for my youth team coming up this Saturday, and you know I'm I'm calling plays and. I'm calling both sides because I'm I only can trust me, you know, in this situation. I got some other coaches, but you know, they're not full like football, football guys, you know, they're learning and everything. But I'm running I formation, you know what I mean? That's what I'm running. Now, if I go to split back beer and try to do a halfback pass out of that, I, I'm I'm to just kind of get it on top of you, Brax, so what you what people need to know. I can't come out running I formation all game, go to split back veer without running the option and actually, okay, we're just going to throw a halfback pass out of it. And I haven't shown the option, the actual run out of it. You know, that's, that's what he's trying to say. And if I do that, I look like an idiot. I haven't set anything up. And that's, and it's very elementary. This is me talking about a youth football team. I cannot do that. You know what I mean? Maybe I can get away with it because there's some young dudes that are not seeing anything, but Mitch, I can't do that for my own sake because I, I know I haven't set it up. So just for an NFL guy going against guys who are at top level, IQ, other game, D coordinators, top IQ, they're going to recognize this stuff like something's fishy. You know what I mean? So it it, it just it was very naggy, like, man. It, it was very scary, man, to have these flashbacks of na- uh, naggy. But I, I just hope that they – I don't know what was going on. You know, you really wish you could be a fly on the wall sometimes to see what they were saying in these meetings. You know, they'd be like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And, and like, you know, but, you know, we'll see, man. You know, I'll tell you one thing. Here, here's one thing I did like, man. When Justin Fields got hit on that sidelines, I like how those guys came running over there. If I got to point something out, I'm like, because last year, you know, they act like they didn't want to, like, even when Jenkins tried to like jump up and get in somebody's face, I forget who the guy we had. I don't know if that was last year or the year before. Somebody tried to get before. on him for like, you know, taking up for our quarterback or another play skill position. Yeah, I think it was That's Larry, a, I think it was Larry Borum that was like saying that you shouldn't do that. It, it was, was a veteran guy. It was uh, a veteran guy from uh, Seattle. Yeah. Who the heck was that guy? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The right tackle. We got an old lineman from Seattle. Yeah, Gary in the chat will help me out. The right tackle from Seattle. Yeah, who came. He's one of those guys. I'm just like, no, man. Yeah, Effetti. Jermaine Effetti. Thank you, Effetti. Yeah, he's going to try to get on. So the fact that I've seen some guys (laughs) get like, hey, man, that's not what is, you know, protect our guy. So, um, yeah, man. So that was one thing I got to see, but. You just hope, I mean, you hope that they get healthy. I mean, Jenkins is not coming back. And if he comes back, how good of shape is he going to be in? So you just hope that Nate Davis gets his feet underneath him. Everybody just adjusts and plays better. And you just want to see this team come out here, I mean, as a whole. And like, like you said, you know, we're kind of putting the spotlight on the coaches, which I am, because I think they just didn't put them in position. But it's a whole thing. So everybody has to look themselves in the mirror and have a great week of practice. And they have to change the course of this. And now they got to do it on the road down in Tampa, who won their first game. And we'll see. We'll see. And I think it'll be a great, it's going to be an indicator of what kind of team we got. Are they going to respond or are we going to be in some big trouble? And are we going to be looking at Caleb Williams at the end of this day? Let's not jump on. I'm starting to, I'm like, I wouldn't be mad. Man, I mean, I've been in a dark The Panthers suck. I'm telling we, you, dude. You know I've been what I mean? In, then we have to figure that out. You know, I'm telling you, man. I've been in a dark place hope, all day about this. Listen, I hey, I said this last night. We're okay with having a top five pick, the Panthers pick. We don't want two top five picks, though. That's <laughs> oh, not yeah, what we want. That's a very indi- an indication of. Hey, can you promise this, Steve? Too, when you make your coaching debut, just for me and for all and Braggs and for all Bears fans out there, can you promise us? No screen passes this weekend in your Look, coaching. No, no, I'm not doing any screens. Uh, I got it you. in my system. Like I'm not running. Well, under well, that. So week you, two. well you're, you're, and you're, potatoes you're coaching, this week, man. You're, I got to get my see my vision for my kids. <laughs> I just want to run the ball. I'm not about to get pretty. Now, if we can show later down the road, I could execute a screen, and then, and, and you know we'll we'll implement it in. But I just want these guys to get downhill block and let's get north and south you know what i mean and we're gonna just bludgeon these other kids man that's all i want i got some like i got some little you know different things in the run game i got some counters and but no no screens this week man i'm not doing none of that well hey <laughs> we're not if i don't got a pass we ain't gonna pass this week man. well i'll I'm tell you what that. though if the bears call you up you know to, to sign you for the offensive line we might need you out there instead <laughs> i ain't got nothing for y'all <laughs> Well, man, I, I just came from the chiropractor, man. I got <laughs> cupping on my back and everything, you know. I well, come out there and help the O-line technique, you know. Me, how about me and Olin go, you know, I'll be Olin's assistant. Well, that's what I mean. You talk O-line about coaching. We get this thing right. Well, that's what I'm talking about. You you, you bring up Olin a lot about his leadership and, we, we, you know, the, the stories are forever from every former player that was around him. And that's the thing with this team. Who's going to be the leader on this team? Who's going to be the one that says things that are uncomfortable at times? Because you look at a guy like Chase Claypool and some of the tape that's coming out about some of his willingness to block yesterday, you know, on the screen to Darnell Mooney and things like that. He comes in, they trade for him. You know, typically he's one of the guys you would, you'd think would be a vocal guy in the locker room, but the only way you can be a leader is by showing what you do on the field. And now they're going in the film room today. Yeah. And who's going to call out Chase Claypool for his effort? Who's going to call out a guy for not understanding, you know, his assignment or, you know, timing and things like this. Who's going to be the guy that step up? Cause we got a lot of guys that have potential. 
but we got a lot of guys that are also pretty soft-spoken. So who's going to be the guy that steps up and 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 takes a stand for what needs to be done for this team? I don't, I don't see any alphas like that. I mean, you, you know, those are hard to come by. Uh, a guy who's just going to – I mean, and I always bring up Olin. Let me go to other teams, you know, because everybody Olin, – Olin's obviously I, – I mean, even on that team, we had Mike Brown. Let's talk about some others. You had Erlacher. <laughs> Um, Ruben Brown, right? Rube, Rube was there. Yeah, yeah Rube, Space Rube, Mountain, Rube speak baby. up. Rube, yeah, him and Olin there. They when they got together, yeah, they you know, and he had the clout to bring it. You know what I mean? And you know, other teams that I were on, you know, Brian Dawkins, you know, Troy Vincent, you know, um, we just it was something that Philadelphia team that I was on for a little bit had a lot of alpha dogs. You know what I mean? That would speak up and hold each other accountable. Uh, my little bit of time in the in, in with uh, the Ravens, you know, you obviously you had Ray Lewis, and, and that and that kind of stopped the buck right there. That's all. He, that was the all alpha, and like he, you know, those type of. I don't know if we got that guy. You know what I mean? And, and it's, you know, you hope that you get. Like, I don't think we got it. I don't think we got that, and that's okay. But you do need a guy like that. I don't even know. It doesn't even have to be on Olin's level on any of those guys' level, but. You know, somebody who comes in that room and like it has that clout. And I just don't think we had that guy. You know what scares me is this that what you just said is is right on. And I don't know if this roster is constructed in that way. And if things start going downhill and south, do, do the players lose faith in the coaching? Do, do they not have that leadership? And what I'm seeing, like you said, Braggs, and me too, Steve a player that responds in their action that just forces everyone else to follow them, right? And to lift themselves up. And who was that person? It was a rookie, Roshan Johnson. And, and if that's what the situation is, like, that's not good, but I love to see it, yeah. but that's not good. Like, yeah. if that's the guy that like, yeah. hey, I'm going to put you on my back, follow my lead. And like, yeah. and, and I almost forgot about him because you don't want to start looking at rookies, but you know, it's gonna to have to be one of these guys that come into their own. Like is Brishner that guy? I don't know. Hey. He he's a you know talkative guy, but like who's gonna be able to step up? Like you could talk a lot of stuff, but like you're gonna step up to another teammate with that yeah. clout. You know what I mean? Or you know sometimes leading by example because he did. You know Rashawn Johnson brought something and gave us a little spark in the run game. So. Um, yeah, that's it's, it's a difficult thing, and I think this thing is still in the building blocks. You know, we got to remember that, you know, we have two draft picks next year. There's a lot more building to do. There's a lot of more free agent money that we have to spend. But I think the thing is, like, what kind of team are we going to have to add on to? Like, are is is you know is the team like we want to see improvement? Like, okay, where we can be like if we add X, Y, and Z type of players. We're going to get this much better. But if we're not going to show that growth, we're going to question the personnel that we have currently. And that means flipping guys over, and you know, instead of adding. And then do we have the leadership in that locker room? I, I believe we have the – I believe we have the front office people to lead us in the right direction. But those are going to be the questions, players and coaches. And, and the best thing those guys can do is win to protect each other. At the end of the day, because the players winning solves everything. That protects everything. That protects the coaches from getting fired. 
uh, the coaches step, stepping up, helps the players get paid. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's it's all interchangeable. So they're going to have to work together and, 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 you know, and look each other in the mirror and hopefully turn ride this ship and we see yep. a better performance. They need to have a great performance on the road down to Tampa. Not easy to play down there. No. Not easy. I don't care what kind of team they got. Obviously, they won their first game. It's going to be hot. hot. You know, it, it, it's not easy. It's not easy to play in Tampa, so it will be very interesting what happens. Yeah, I'm definitely nervous because I saw this opportunity with, I felt like, two winnable games before Kansas City, then coming back home against Denver to start 3-1. and one. That was my dream vision, a best-case scenario type vision. And now that they've lost this first game, I'm just holding on for dear life for Sunday right. and, and praying they can weather the storm and get, and get a split here as they head to Kansas city and then just try to claw their way out of this. Uh, certainly concerned. We did have a couple questions for you from the chat. Everybody really appreciates your time and insight. I uh, just wanted to get those out here real quick and then we'll cut you loose. Um, we got one here from uh, dark Prometheus one, one, two. He asked, uh, well, actually he said probably the biggest one is why Patrick was out there and they just spend a late round pick for Feeney. Wouldn't Feeney be a better option than what we had out there? Okay, what is he saying? Oh, you talking about Feeney, the uh, Illinois center? Yeah. From last year? Yeah, the offensive lineman. Okay, how, how much – I mean, I didn't get to see him too much in preseason. How did, how did he look in preseason? You guys well, tell me. Yeah, he didn't get to – they just brought him in after preseason. I think there's okay. some confusion. Feeney. Now. So, all oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. who they picked up in a yep. – uh, did they did they pick him up in a trade? Yeah. Yeah. For the, okay, my, my apologies. No, you're uh, You know, a guy coming in like that is not ready. I've seen that a bunch of times. Like when I was with the Bears, you bring a guy in, uh, we just get him. He has to get – I mean, he he's a veteran. I'm sure he's picking up the playbook really quickly. But, you know, you go with the guys that you got. You got to get that a ride before you put insert him. Now you just can't just insert some guy that you got off the streets. He, he's out there on the streets for a reason. And I, unfortunately, I've been that guy, but you, you obviously picked up a valuable piece that's better than others, but you're not in a rush to throw him, him in there, get him comfortable with the playbook, but it is also allows you to see what you got. So that's, that's why I think um, yeah. they're going to go with the guys that have been around there. They're going to give them the first shots. And then like, you know, a couple of games, he should be up to speed Right. Throw them out there. Yeah, that's certainly, certainly still getting acclimated. But yeah, yeah. they keep playing like this. There's going to be changes yeah, to the offensive yeah. line. The other yeah. guy that I felt like I thought deserved a shot on the offensive line was Jatiri Carter. I liked what I saw from him at camp. Yeah. He may or may not be ready, but I thought he deserved that opportunity yeah. to find that out because I'm with you. They had Cody Whitehair at center all off season, and then all of a sudden there's a few hand injuries and things happen, and then they switch it and go with white hair at left guard and Lucas Patrick at center. And they sell it like, well, they've played these positions and it was a meltdown yesterday. They, yeah. it, it, why practice something all off season only to switch it in the last minute. So I didn't agree with that. So I think there's still things to be determined on that interior offensive line. Yeah. Uh, the, the other question we had from the chat was from Bruja seven. He asked you, Steve, what is your interpretation of, of the seeming lack of hustle from most players and, and, and the coaches from five to go in the third and the entire fourth quarter, it seemed like they let go of the rope a little there. Yeah. 
I mean, they, 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 I mean, they got beat down. When you look at the physicality, we, we got, we got, we got, they out-athleted us. If that's always when you hear that word, um, they were more physical than us. Uh, they played with more passion. And then you did see our guys let up off the rope, you know, where they just, I think that, and that was, that was something very glaring. I think the fans, you saw it right. You know, you're not, you're not misreading anything into that. I think they kind of just, they took our wheel. They really did, man. And um, it's a psychological thing too, you know, us or the Packers. So um, that's something that's real, you know, that they kind of probably let off that rope and, and, and things got away from us. And you probably saw some guys that's, they, they're, they're, you know, morale was, and, and that's crazy because it's so early in the season to see that. Um, so it's just one of those things, nothing was going right for us. Everything was going well for us and they were taking it by physical will and they were just out executing us, um, out coaching us. And it was on all levels of football. It just, I mean, luckily it didn't look as worse <laughs> as that Cowboys Giants game. I think that was even more of a be- bigger beat up, but we were like, I was like, I don't think anybody got beat up. So luckily they came in and kind of looked a little bit worse than us, but, you know, at the end of the day, they they did. I believe that it was just a psychological thing because I think it was a psychological thing for us fans as well. So you know that they're playing a big part of that. They know the pressure of coming into this game. It's just not us knowing that Aaron Rodgers is not there. They feel that pressure. They read newspapers. They listen to the score. They're not blinded. You're never going to escape it unless you don't watch any TV, any ESPNs or ESPN Lives or any sports talk you know you're going to hear some of that or you're going to hear the whispers so um it played a part of it um and now you know can like put that green bay game behind us and let's focus on another team i just really really quick want to touch on that last uh um uh the last question uh he was talking about the interior line i don't know what's going on in our hands of our centers but i i really don't think Cody Whitehair, he's played guard pretty good, but I always feel like he's a better center. So I don't like this Lucas Patris at guard or him at guard. I think they really are – they get exposed a lot. I hate to say that. I think they both – and Lucas Patris is not the guy who he thought he was going to be. You know what right. I mean? That, that's just ended up not being a great pickup. No, the injury happened last year. So why wouldn't you put Cody Whitehair back at guard? I know he – is that he, he had the hand as well? Yeah, they okay. all they that, all had a hand, they all situation. had hand injuries at one point. Yeah, I, when will we start seeing these young guys? I think at some point you got to start kind of seeing what these guys have been on the roster for a couple of years now. You have to start seeing, and, and that's how I got my shot, man. Because it's just I got my shot a lot sooner than these guys, but you know you got to see something. You might never know when you have a diamond or rough. So that's it. That's just yeah, one uh, Doug Kramer, the center from Illinois, is on injured reserve. Okay. Um, then you've got, uh, Feeney that they, Dan Feeney that they just brought in with the mullet and he has a little experience. So maybe when he's still at, on the roster, what's that? Dieter, I don't you know, know, uh, Phil's boy. Yeah. Yeah. Dieter Island. I, I don't know if they cut, they might've cut him. Yeah. It's my they job. Might, to yeah. know. Okay. It's my job to know. Hey, I, I never, they never, they never used them anyway. They weren't right. even given the opportunity, but, but that's what I mean. Like to me, the answer is Jatiri Carter. And I yeah. understand he practiced at right guard the whole time. But I, you know, at the end of the day, Nate Davis is over there. Put the kid over there on left guard. He showed a lot of effort and he had some positive plays in the preseason. Reward that. Terrell Lewis 
had a great preseason and training camp. And they cut him, and I understand yeah. the rest of the league didn't I'm sign him, you. but I'm reward guys when they play well. Yeah, I mean, these guys, you got these guys who are making the money, but at some point, you know, I had, I had already proven myself. I had a year starting. I remember Rex Tucker came back off an of injury, and he just wasn't the same Rex Tucker. And they tried to insert him back in again. I mean, he wasn't having a great camp. He was just body was breaking down. But they inserted him because of the money situation, and he just couldn't get it done physically. And they had to have no other choice but to put me back in there. I was I was playing I was playing some excellent ball, but they put him inserted him because he was a the guy they invested money in. So I think you just at some point you have to start looking to see what you have in your other guys. I mean early than all you know early than late you know what i mean so yep. well, um, they gotta weather the storm because yeah. you know you can't rely on tevin jenkins obviously yeah. but yeah. you know when he comes back that'll sort some things out and if he can stay healthy he certainly can help them because he is a uh you know pretty dominant force when yeah he's he is play, absolutely but- when he's healthy I mean, he's been a, a good player. Like, Nasty. let's just be the yeah. little bit of time he's been out there. He's been a very effective offensive lineman. It's just, can he stay out there? So, yeah. And I know, uh, we're, getting, I know we're, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the chat's helping us out yeah, as always, ahead. doing yeah. my job. And uh, Dieter Island is on the Houston, uh, Houston Texans practice squad. So, okay. um, you know, uh, some of the younger options are, are, aren't, aren't there like they were last year. Just going to say one more big picture question before we get you out of here. Uh, thank you for the time. Really appreciate it. But can you think back, whether it be at the pro level, collegiate level, or high school, anytime in your career playing football, uh, where you come out so flat on a team that it just was like, what happened to us? And was were you able ever to experience that and, and somehow figure out a way to come back from that? in a season to have success. Cause I told Braggs, as I said, I, I was looking up to fall Maine South and Montini here locally. And both teams were, were pumped up to like, well, they're going to, they're going to win. And they came out flat. Both lost week ones went on to win state titles. And I thought that, I mean, it's high school. I get it. It's not the same yeah. thing, but like, yeah. have you had that or experienced that or seen anything like yeah. that? Um, I can't, I, I, get, I, I was having a little bit of difficulty even thinking of them. Cause okay, but I, I go back to my junior college, um, my second year, you know, and I can I came in as preseason All American, getting recruited. You know, I was feeling my, you know, and believe it or not, I had this is one time in my career I was feeling myself. I remember I got me a visor, threw a visor on there, wore a visor, and my whole team was really feeling themselves. And um, to check this little uh, Butte College, who actually Aaron Rodgers in the play would play for in junior college, but he wasn't there. He wasn't there when I was playing. Yeah. Uh, I think he was Aaron Rodgers is younger than me. Um, he came afterwards, but Butte College is where he played. We played this team, Butte College opener. We all hyped up. We're like ranked in California. California's his own system of junior college, by the mm-hmm. way. They don't, it's like California junior college system. They rank themselves, they don't play anybody outside. So we were ranked like top five and, you know, we had a bunch of dudes from Florida, you know, just a great team. We had a great year before the year before, and we had a bunch of returners and we came out in that game and it was flat line, dude, flat line. I, I think we were reading our press clippings. You brought the funk. They, I mean, they physically just 
dominate us. And one of the one of the one of the glaring things we went for like um, it was same thing. Now I'm thinking we're going for a QB sneak, and their middle linebacker was a stud. He flies over the top, over the top of us. We're gonna you know nice quarterback sneak over the top of the center, grabs the quarterback and just slings him back. It was like. And it was just like one of these tone setters, and we just never recovered. Like we 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 never covered in that game. We just got beat down. I looked like crap, you know. And we had to like just recircle the wagons, and we ended up having a. Like we won the next game, and we kind of was flat the next game, but we ended up figuring it out, and we made our run. We ended up winning our conference. Uh, went to a bowl game. I think we lost to Seneca Wallace in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that name. Played oh, yeah. for Sacramento I, City for the College Seahawks. or something like that. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of great players that came out of the junior college out of California. But that was one of those seasons. That we, But we were able to rebound and win our conference. Um, I don't know if you remember Maurice Morris was a running back for Seattle Seahawks yeah. back in the day. He was with Fresno City College. We ended up being them in uh, to win the uh, conference. But that was one of those times. That was one of those examples that we got – opener we got our butts kicked and flat we didn't look good at all didn't look like no top five team and we rebounded and kind of went like i said we, we had a couple struggles but we figured it out you didn't look like the same team at the end of the season that you did at the no beginning. we didn't that's what you want totally right? different team yeah. yeah yeah well steve uh really good stuff here tonight uh appreciate all your time uh asked you to hop on last minute and um i really appreciate you coming back to me and and jumping on with us because we're all trying to lick our wounds here and and try to turn the corner but gotta gotta look back a little before we look ahead to tampa and let's hope the bears can right the ship because we all certainly thought that they were better than what they showed on sunday and hopefully they 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 think that and can show that here on the road in Tampa. So uh, Steve, I'll let you get to bed or, or go watch the rest of this Jets Packers. Or yeah, Jets, well, I just have to tell you, <laughs> I got to tell you, this is very therapeutic for me. So when you reached out, I was like, heck yeah, I need yeah. to get something off my chest <laughs> as well. Yeah, so it was, no. <laughs> I, I can maybe rest really easy tonight. So I appreciate you guys. Well, I'm going <laughs> to owe you, I'm going to owe you down the road. Uh, maybe we'll, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up again here uh, as the season progresses. Oh, yeah, and absolutely, bring you man. Out for time, again and Maybe um, after a win. Yeah. <laughs> hey, October first, man. Um, I'll be there tailgating. Brags, come. You gonna come uh, out? All right. All right. Well, hey. find me in the Waldron deck on the, uh, below. Well, that's where we'll be. Well, and we and uh, uh, that sounds good. And we also have tailgates that we do uh, over at the corner of Wabash and Cermak. Okay. And we're gonna extend. I'll extend the invite to you anytime you want to come by and hang out. It's on us. You're happy to. You're welcome to. Always welcome to join us if you ever oh, want to hang. Man. It was a good party yesterday. It was the only good thing about yesterday yeah. for us. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure a lot of people left and like let's go back to Kelgate and they have. Oh, you should have seen right. me. We got some video out there, Steve. I walked with the fans to the stadium. I didn't get to go to the game because I had to be in the studio for our shows for yeah. the post game show. But I wanted to walk to the stadium so I could walk through the tunnels and just scream like a banshee. That's why my voice is the way it is. Uh, it was a great moment until the game started. So yeah. maybe we can get back to those hey, good vibes. You know what you could do for me? Tell them I want to be on TV one time, man. I'm getting sick of seeing all these dudes, Jason McKee, Biscuit Head <laughs> on TV. Sick of sick of them. Well, we'll get Bring you. Well, well, we'll 
be in our studios one day. You can come in yeah. uh, and be live on the show and not just yeah. when we do the remote night yeah, I should shows. put a suit on or something, you know what I mean? Like, there come you on go. Check. Oh, Get that man. visor back out. So that's <laughs> hey, well, you're always welcome with us. Uh, we'll get you in studio here okay, down the road, and I'll good, introduce man. you to the rest of the gang. Uh, but we appreciate your time tonight. All right, man. All right, that is Big Steve Edwards, former offensive line of the Chicago Bears, uh, bringing the heat here tonight. Uh, So we really appreciate his time. Uh, Just a few more things before we go, but I want to thank our sponsors over at DraftKings. Uh, Football is back. It's in full swing with another week of epic games coming up. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook. An official, uh, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. New customers can bet $5 and on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the action. Uh, the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code CHGO to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. The crown is yours. Uh, so we got a few super chats to get through. And then we'll let Jake still at the studio working a late night shift here today. A uh, lot going on. Uh, so we'll we'll read through these super chats and then we'll probably uh, cut it loose. I'll, I'll let Jake have the final word uh, to get us. He's always good with the motivational speeches. So oh, I'm going to wow. set, I'm going to put you on the spot Could've after we get something. through these super chats to get us to turn the corner to Tampa yeah. and get me to stop sulking on Twitter. I don't know if I'll be able to do that, but we'll try. <laughs> Football CF Candy 999 Super Chat. We knew the D-line was bad, though, so I don't get why people were mad. Why aren't Chicago media asking about Getsy not running RPOs, DJ Moore's targets? The route runs were so bad, they were stat bad players. So Or stat bad plays, I'm sorry. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we, just because – you know, you already had an expectation for the defensive line. Doesn't mean they can't be better, but I'm totally with you on Luke Getze has a big week ahead of him to right this ship. You know, when you have a weapon like Justin Fields, you need to understand how to use that. When you bring in the kind of talent they have around him, say what you want about Chase Claypool. He certainly had an abysmal showing here in week one. He has proven he can make plays in this league. You, as an offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, have to figure out how to put him in a position to do that. And running a wide receiver screen on third and seven isn't going to get that done. That's the problem I have with it. You, When yeah. you're on third and seven and you have Justin Fields as your weapon, split these guys out four wide or three wide with a tight end running out to a route. Now you have four options to try to find a first down and a fifth option in Justin Fields to take off and run for it. When you run a wide receiver screen, that's one option and you have to execute it to perfection to get that first down. You're limiting your options as an offensive play caller. And you know what? RPOs sound great. Everybody always brings that up. It's a buzzword. Get in the damn eye formation. Roshan Johnson he had actually the most snaps of any running back last week, Jake. The, the snap count came out, and he led the running back room in snaps. 
He's not necessarily the RB1 because obviously he got a lot of those in garbage time. But guess what? If I'm if I'm the head coach and I'm Matt Eberflus, after what he showed me and the heart he showed me in that beatdown on Sunday, I'm making our Roshan Johnson running back one next week to, to understand, hey, this kid's setting the tone. And he has uh, you know, leadership qualities that were well announced uh going through the draft process and everything else so that's the change i would make uh tony booth uh 999 super chat former nfl offensive lineman as gm and a gm assistant yet they can't put a decent group on the field jf1 doesn't help offensive line by holding the ball and not throwing the wide receiver open and i agree with that jake i mean uh, I saw Matt Bowen put out a few clips. Some of the all 22 is starting to come out. Uh, those that have access to it, maybe I need to dive into that at some point and learn learn the game at another level. It's not really my forte, but at the same time, I, I, I understand what I'm seeing. And when Matt Bowen starts to point out some of these missed uh, reads by Justin Fields, one where Darnell Mooney comes across to the middle of the field, he just doesn't see it and he takes a sack. Another one to the left sideline where he checks it down. It ends up being a first down, but oh, look down the field. DJ Moore is wide open on that next, you know, you've got a three level read and there's DJ Moore 20 yards down the field for a much bigger play. Justin Fields just didn't see it. And I'm hearing a lot of rationalization about, you know, well, they, they, that's all they've been hammering them about is to check it down and, and, and throw it quick, get the ball out fast. No. He's got to make these reads. Let's, you know, let's give Justin Fields the respect he deserves and not just like placate to this, uh, you know, you putting, you know, baby gloves on him. He, he can take the criticism. He needs to make these reads at the end of the day. Luke Gutsy had an abysmal day, but that doesn't excuse Justin Fields play either. He had opportunities to make plays and he missed them. The whole team as a collective across the board had a terrible day. Not just Justin, not just Getsy, not just the defense, all of them with the exception of Roshan Johnson. So they all need to look in the mirror here this Sunday and step up, wipe it, wash it, look at it, be done with it. But that showing better not come back because I don't think, they played worse last year at any point. And yeah. somehow this year, with all this added talent, they played worse than they did at any point last year as the worst team in football. It's unacceptable, and they need to pick it up. Uh, so, you know, that's my final thought, and it's obviously uh, bringing hellfire and brimstone. So I'm going to let Jake finish it so we can start to turn the corner and try to find some optimism in mm. life because maybe the sun will come up tomorrow. No, that was good. I think they this team needs fire. I think that I think that works as a motivational speech. And and I was fired up enough yesterday as far as the disappointment. So what I would say is this. Nothing that's ever gone bad, that bad, is ever solved by dividing and going into your corners and not coming together collectively and figuring it out. Because if you go away and you're in your own little corners and you're, and you're just pointing blame at the other position group and the coaches are like, well, you got to do this. And the players will, to the coaches, you got to do this. And the front office is like, what? And the fans, that's not going to do anything. This team, it's one game and it sucked ass. But you are the reason collectively because it's your team. So if you want your team to be remembered for this bullshit, 
then keep doing that shit and don't come together and, and play it off like you're too big to, you know, you're, you know, you've got your ego's too big to kind of let it down and say, hey, we're coming together. This is the plan. We're adjusting what we did because that shit didn't work. So come together. Everybody, it's not going to be perfect in the next game or the next game or the next game. And this season is not going to be perfect. But if to, if you're together, you got a shot each and every game to do something special. And this whole season can still be something that everyone's proud of, those players, that organization, and this fan base. But the only way it happens is if right now, in this moment, they come together and say, we're going to do this, and we're going to all step up individually, and we're going to support each other, and we're going to come out with a different energy, and we're going we're gonna to figure out a way to get this next win, our first win, and it's going to start becoming a thing. And this is how we do it. So, so wash it clean because week two, show us how the 2023 Bears are going to play the rest of the games. Let's get it. Let's I get it. it. Let's turn the page. Bob Seeger, one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my all times favorites. Turn the page. Um, we'll be back tomorrow at 12 p.m. Central. Adam, Ho- Adam Hogue, Mark Harmon, and myself for the afternoon show. Uh, you know, just moving on and and looking ahead to Tampa Bay. But we appreciate everyone tuning in. If you get a chance, please hit that like button. Uh, we really appreciate everybody in the chat here tonight. Subscribe, obviously, if you haven't already, and become a diehard. You know, this Absolutely. is as good a di- as time as ever to become one. Uh, you know, our tailgate yesterday was as fun as you'll ever have at any kind of tailgate scene. Big turnout. Huge crowd over there at the corner of Wabash and Cermak. We've got tailgates coming up. So if you become a diehard, you get a discount on those events. Obviously, if you want to come to the tailgate, you can come whether you are or not. But it always helps to get a discount. And if you become a diehard, you get access to a a free shirt right off the bat. Discounts on any shirts going forward. Uh, Adam Hogue puts out a daily newsletter that's exclusive to you. Mark Carmen put out his grades after the game. That's exclusive to you. We have a discord chat where all of our diehards are in there, you know, interacting, uh, getting away from the cesspool that can be bears Twitter. At times it's a little more of a nuanced conversation in there with guys like Gary Ross, uh, you know, and Matt and all those guys, they're, they're great dudes. So it's a lot to offer when it comes to that, along with all the other teams we cover here at CHGO sports. So make sure you get on that. Um, but other than that, we will see you tomorrow at 12 PM central. Thanks again to big Steve Edwards for all the time here tonight. And we will see you tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, and always whether they suck or not, we are always going to bear down.